You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Download our free mobile app. It's a great way to keep in touch as well as continue your studies and just connect with a great group of people in an online community. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. It helps us a lot when you leave five-star reviews and leave awesome messages. Uh, have gotten some really good ones lately, and it just warms my heart. Thank you so much. want to continue to pray for those who are in Israel those who are suffering due to the conflict. And that's really on all sides. God doesn't want death and destruction anywhere. None of that is ever of God. And uh, we've been praying hard for the past couple of days that um, there will be a resolution there. I've said it before. I, I am not a subscriber to believe that this is somehow uh, some form of um, plan that God has. I believe in my heart of hearts that this is um, the result of the flawed human condition uh, that seeks war and not peace. And uh, any war is not ideal. And I know it breaks God's heart to see the loss of any innocent life. And I believe also because Jesus said it himself that he wishes that none would be lost, that it also breaks his heart that uh, men would be so evil as to commit atrocities like we are seeing uh, in the world and believe that that somehow is appeasing the higher power, the creator of the universe. We all know that that is not of God, but the most excellent way would be that there be no war, that there be peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we just pray for a continued resolution in that area and a swift end to the conflict and the loss of life. Amen. Stand with me on that. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we are in Matthew chapter 12. We are going to be in verse 30 and through 32. So fairly short in the way of scripture, but a huge, huge topic altogether. This is one that I had fretted over quite a bit in my uh, early Christianhood, if that's even a word. Um, I was always concerned that I would lose my salvation, that I would make some sort of a mistake and fall out of God's grace and God's love. I have since come to realize that that is not possible, uh, that when you are his, you are his, and that is it. And um, I hope that you come to that realization as well, because there's a lot of peace that comes with that. does not give us a license to sin by any stretch, um, but what it does is helps us to understand that even while we all sin and fall short of God's glory, that we do not fall out of his grace, that the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is enough for us. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit, starting with verse 28. If you remember yesterday, the Pharisees accused Jesus of actually performing miracles based upon the demons himself. And D Jesus puts it right back on him like he's been doing, you know, all along, and basically says, if I cast out by demons, well, who do you cast out by? Because the Jewish uh, priests, the chief priests of that time, they had their own exorcists. Yet, 
lepers were walking around, people were demon-possessed, they were obviously not very effective. And Jesus was 100% effective. So he basically makes a statement that a house divided divided against itself cannot stand. And he's pointing out that, you know, evil is not going to try to, uh, you know, take out evil. That's not how things work. And he closes with this. He says, verse 28, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's saying, I'm doing this by the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as we go into this next uh, part here, because we like to take 30 and 32 and and apply it. I I would say misapply it. uh, And a lot of people get uh, worried about what we call the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But verse 29, Jesus says, how can anyone enter into a strong man's house and carry off his property until he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? Jesus is exerting his uh, divine presence and his strength here, saying that whatever evil is in the world, dare we say it, Satan, uh, I am greater than that thing. And when we think of Satan, and we think of evil. We do. We think of a being, right? The, the uh, picture of of a a little red guy with horns and a and a pitchfork. Um, but I would say that that's who most relate to the strong man being, right? Uh, I want to also just keep in mind here that the strong man here is actually those who are holding on to the old covenant right? The strong man is what is trying to keep people in the same place. And Jesus is coming in and he's establishing the kingdom of God, which in many ways is fulfilling the law and also correcting what they had believed. So Satan, which means adversary in many ways, the the strong man here is just as much those who are trying to stop the message of the kingdom of God. I hope that that makes sense because what Jesus is doing is exerting that he's done it over and over again, his wisdom, his power, his knowledge, his ability to love, his ability to teach is definitely triumphing over uh, old ways that are, that have been around and honestly are, guiding God's people at that time through uh, what is very much a powerless walk. Jesus is restoring power to God's people and and really beyond restoring, really establishing uh, what God had in mind all along. Okay, so now we go into verse 30, and Jesus makes a statement, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. He is gathering God's people together and he is sharing the kingdom and he is sharing the gift of salvation. You remember in John chapter three, the chief priest Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he basically says, well, you know, how can we be saved? You know, what do we need to do here? And Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus gets all confused and says, well, how can I be born again? Can I climb into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, you know, you're a teacher of Israel. You know, I'm trying to explain these things to you. You don't understand. You must be born of water 
and of spirit, meaning you have to be born physically, which we all are. If you're walking here on this earth or you're listening to this podcast, you were born physically. I hope that doesn't surprise you, but also to be born of spirit and to be born again means to be changed from the inside out by the power of God, the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. When you accept Christ, what happens is that spirit inside of you gets awakened. And like Jesus was an earthly vessel that walked around with the spirit of God in it, you also now walk around with the spirit of God inside of you. So with that foundation laid, I want to read this, keeping that in mind. Jesus is still talking directly to the Pharisees. So we can pull some of this out and apply it to us. That's perfectly fine. But remember, the proper reading of Scripture forces us to read it through the lens of the conversation that is going on and the audience relevance of what's happening. I hope that makes sense. Okay? So verse 31, it says, Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. And whoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever shall speak against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Remember, we are in reading in the transition of the old covenant to the new covenant. There was a new age that was coming. When you hear end we in biblically, it's talking about the end of the age, the transition of covenants. A lot of people get that wrong. A lot of people misapply that in many ways. Okay. We are talking about the transition of covenants. Now, right before this, not to repeat myself over and over, but Jesus was is basically uh accused of doing all these miracles by demons. And Jesus says, no, I am doing this by the spirit of God. So there's a conflict in what the Pharisees are saying and what Jesus is clarifying, right? They're saying it's done by demons. They're saying it's done by evil spirits. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I do this by the spirit of God. And how did Jesus do this? He was indwelled, right? By the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy, he is he had the Holy Spirit inside of him, right? So he had God's, he was operating in God's spirit. Okay, so it is obvious here, maybe not so obvious to some, but the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus is talking about is the denial of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees are denying that a person can be indwelled by the Holy Spirit which we know, again, going back to John chapter 3, that to be born again and to see the kingdom of God, you must be born of phys- physically of water and also spiritually. So what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and should you be worried about it? Now, many people will say, if you're worried about it, then you don't have to worry about it because you have a conscience, you have that inside of you, and I get that. But I want to elaborate on this a little bit more. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the guide that lives inside of us. It is our connection to God. And we, uh, being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, are alive, right? We have eternal life. 
Okay. So, and and that happens at the point of salvation. How is one saved? When you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. It's a confession, not just of our words, but it's a confession of our heart. And that's when you hear somebody say, accept the gift of salvation. That is what we're talking about. It's when you say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart and my life, and I accept that. I want to be your follower. Okay? And Jesus said it like this, right? We have to believe. John 3.16, famous, famous scripture. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So wrapping this up here as we are coming up on our 1%, I want to clear your mind of the thought of losing your salvation. There was a trend on, I think it was YouTube a while back. This is before TikTok where um, they were having kids, you know, curse out the Holy Spirit or whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. Now, I pray for those kids that they would come to know Jesus in the way that you and I know Jesus, walk with him, so that they will have victory in this life and the next. But that's that's not what we're talking about here. To deny the ability to be born again from the inside out. And by the way, I grew up in a uh, denomination where it wasn't really called born again, okay? Uh, however, um, when you accept Jesus in your life, and when you accept that he died for you, that he rose for you, that he is the source of all life, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the Holy Spirit is dwelled inside of you no matter what you call it, okay? If you read scripture, you see it's called being born again, okay? But what the Pharisees were doing is denying that that's possible and therefore committing a sin in which they cannot be connected with God. They cannot, you cannot partake of the forgiveness of sins, the forever forgiveness of sins, okay, if you do not allow for God's spirit to dwell inside of you. But I will say this, okay, because, you know, you can go and think about it, even folks that have passed and, and all this stuff. What Here's what I'm saying. Where sin abounds, grace is that much more. God's grace is so much bigger than anything we could ever imagine. Okay. Just remember that. But as for you and I here today, okay. Yes. If you are worried that this is, that this is you, that you've committed some sort of unpardonable sin, uh, against the Holy spirit, what you need to do today is to say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being raised from the dead. I open up my heart and I accept the gift of salvation, and I accept that the Holy Spirit can dwell inside of me, and I invite that. I invite you to guide me all the days of my life, and the acknowledgement of that takes you out of the category of the Pharisees who said no, who said that you, that Jesus, uh, did all the things that he did because of evil spirits, right, to totally deny what God is trying to do. And part of being in the kingdom of God is letting God live in and through you. That's all you need to accept today. Jesus died for you. He rose for you. 
The gift that comes along with that is salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when you have God's Spirit inside of you, you are not just a partaker of this natural world, but you are a partaker of eternal life. I hope that makes sense. And if that's you, it's all you need to do today. You say, Jesus, I invite you in my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being risen from the dead and defeating death. And thank you that the Holy Spirit will guide me. I just invite the Holy Spirit to guide me all the days of my life. Say that that way. Say it in your own words. Just come into agreement with that. You don't have to worry about whether you committed some unpardonable sin or you're condemned. There's no condemnation for those who love the Lord. Amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. If you're within 500 miles, it is worth the drive. You're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study, and then we head out to do something amazing with the 99% we've got left. Go out and do something great today and have the assurance to know that you are a child of God and you are his. Amen. Love you guys.